I'm afraid that too many people are firmly rooted into their dreams and don't realize when they don't work out for both parties or the dream isn't as awesome as you thought it was when you finally get there. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. I have somebody on the show today that I met at a conference that we had here in San Diego, and he's actually a personal finance blogger, but we're not going to talk about personal, you know, we don't really talk about money on this show, you know that. So we're not really going to talk about personal finance today, although he will give you his website and, you know, we may touch on it, but that's not really what the show's about. His name is Hank Coleman. And he has a website called Money Q&A, Q&A, so and is spelled out. And he's also done Own the Dollar, Military Monday Might, and The Dividend Pig, among other things. So I asked him to come on the show to talk about his parents and how much they hated retirement and what we can do to avoid hating our own retirement. So Hank, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I really, I appreciate your talking with me. It was fun to meet you in San Diego. That's where I live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I hope it was a fun time for you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yes. So tell me about your parents' retirement and why they hated it. Gosh, you know, the, the more I think about it, the more I think they're going to kill me when they actually listen back to the show. <laughs> we don't have to tell them about it. <laughs> yeah, I might I might just not tell them about it and see if, they, if, if it comes up. But uh, we haven't really had the conversation before, but I, I see it. I visit them often. I'm an only child, so I'm back home all the time. And I see what their retirement is like. They've been retired now for almost about 10 years. And they had this grandiose idea of what retirement was like. And then I really feel like when they got down to reality, reality wasn't as good as the dream. And it just really made me sad and made me start thinking about my own retirement. And then, uh, you know, my readers on on Money Q&A, what retirement is supposed to be like and how we can get the best retirement of our dreams. And, you know, maybe if our dreams aren't the right dreams, maybe we need to change our dreams, which isn't always an easy thing to do when we think about it, because we're so ingrained in what our dreams of retirement look like. My stepdad is an avid boater. Ever since I've known him for 20 plus years, he has owned a sailboat. And then he worked for the federal government, did wonderful things for the government and retired. My mom was a school teacher, so she retired from the state after working almost 30 years as a uh, high school math teacher. They retired, sold their house, and actually sold the sailboat and bought a, a motorboat because their dream was to actually sail what's called the Great Loop. And I, I never heard about it before until my uh, my stepdad was so entranced with it. He just wanted to sail the Great Loop. And it's actually, it's almost like running a marathon for a boater. It's a bucket list type of thing. And you sail up the eastern seaboard into the Great Lakes through some of the canals and intercoastal waterways until you get to the Mississippi, down the Mississippi and around Florida. So it's the entire Great Loop, uh, mainly the southeast, south and east of of the United States. And so 
that was his ultimate goal. And I was like, oh my gosh, why did you sell your sailboat? He was like, there's some bridges that actually for a, a sailboat big enough to live on, the mast has to be a certain size. And so it was really hard for him to fit underneath the bridges. So he actually sold his sailboat that he had for decades. And they bought this 40 foot motorhome on the water, I guess, you know, it's, I guess it's technically classified as a yacht, but it was, it was a houseboat and they bought it and they parked it in a marina in Florida. I think it was outside of Jacksonville and they stayed there for years it, and they never set sail. They were always refurbishing it, wanting to do some work on it, adding all the bells and whistles and the years and years actually graded on my mom. My mom is a classic homebody. She loves to garden. And she loves to dig in the dirt. She has dogs. We grew up with dogs. And she loves to have her dogs around, run in the yard, dig up her flowers, and then she'll plant more flowers. And I guess my stepdad didn't realize it was such an important thing to her or they didn't have the conversation that it was such an important thing to her. And they looked and seemed miserable. And my mom complained and complained about not having a little piece of ground and a little piece of dirt to dig in until my poor stepdad relented. And he's an amazing man. Love him to death. He relented and they bought a, a cabin up into in, in the mountains in, in North Georgia so she could have a little bit of dirt to play in and, and plants to dig in and the dog can run around the yard. And they tried, they commuted back and forth from North Georgia to Jacksonville, Florida, back and forth, back and forth. As the winter hit, they would go south to the classic snowbirds, go down to Florida. And I thought this was the year, next year, this is the year that they're going to set sail. They're going to go on that great adventure. They're going to go on the great loop. And they never did. And they never did. And finally, just last year, after about 10 years of retirement, my parents up and sold their houseboat. And now they live full time in the mountains in North Georgia. And it just got me thinking. And I'm, I know they're too proud and I wouldn't dare want to pry in some of their personal lives. But I think my stepdad was ultimately crushed because this was his dream for decades that I knew him. I mean, this was something he talked about forever. I mean, I never heard of the Great Loop until he said something about it. And so it just broke my heart. Everybody works so hard for their retirement dream. The sweat, you know, you save money, you get the gold watch. But if reality stinks and isn't the reality you thought it was going to be when you actually get there, I mean, it just breaks my heart. And so, you know, my hope was uh, maybe sharing their story that other people will think about doing things a little bit different. Yeah. One of the things that we talk about on the show is the fact that maybe two years, 18 months before you retire is the time to start having these conversations. What does retirement look like for you? And what does it look like for your loved one? You know, I'm just going to say spouse because it makes it easier for me. And it sounds like perhaps your stepdad talked your mom into getting this boat and then I don't know what happened after that. I don't know why they didn't go on their adventure. Maybe they were just all, what do you call it? Ready, 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 aim, 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 and never fire, right? You've heard of people that do that. Or it could be that your mom really didn't want to do it. And so she <laughs> talked him out of it each time. Who knows? We don't know what happened. But tell me, how do you think they could have prevented all this heartache that happened? Well, I think you actually maybe have it a little wrong with your timeline. You know, I don't know if 18 months and 20 to 24 months is long enough to start having these conversations. You know, my wife and I, 
I'm looking to retire from my day job. I write for blogs and, and other sites, and I am a professional blogger as my night kind of side hustle gig. But you know, I'm looking to retire in the next five years from my day job. And I'm trying to have start having these conversations with my wife now about what my vision for retirement is and what I think our family might be doing in five years when I retire. And I'm starting to try to lay the groundwork now so it's not a surprise when we get there. And I, and I think that is some of the issue that probably my parents had and so many others have is they're not having the conversations and then they're not having the conversations early enough. My retirement vision for me in five years is to sit on the beach and uh, in my hometown of Charleston, South Carolina, and blog full time and write a book. And my wife, every time I would say something, my wife uh, just giggles and and thinks I'm out there flapping. Just I don't know. She she doesn't she doesn't believe me, but I'm serious. And so I've got to continue to have these conversations with her because I mean that's what I think my retirement dream is sit on the beach and, and write full time. So I, I think it all comes down to communication, communication with your spouse often and early. And, and I'm not quite sure two years is even early enough. Okay. So let's talk about your situation. Is that okay? Oh, sure. I, I figured we'd get into me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're young. You're wanting to be financially able to retire or at least do something that's location independent, it sounds like. And when you talk to your wife about it, she just laughs. Have you talked to her about what her vision is for the future? What does she want? No, that's a great point. No, we we haven't. She is a middle school history teacher, and she's kind of taken a break the last couple of years. We have a two-year-old, and so she's been staying at home with a two-year-old. I think she wants to go back to work during that time. And, you know, in the next five years, the, the little one will be in elementary school, just starting elementary school. But you're, you're right. You make a great point. I don't think that we've had that deep a conversation where I guess it's always been a, a one-way street. Maybe she hasn't thought so far out. Maybe she's kind of like you and your listeners that two years is when she wants to start having those conversations. It's really been a one-way street of me telling her what I think retirement looks like, but it hasn't been very reciprocal. So I, I think that's a great point and a valid point. And and I guess I have some homework tonight when she gets home. <laughs> well, it could also be that with her hands full of a two-year-old, that might be the last thing on her mind right now. She might just be thinking, how am I going to get through the next 24 hours? <laughs> you know? That's true. Very true. So it could be that if she's a full-time stay-at-home dealing, working with a two-year-old, I'm guessing that retirement is not at the at the front of her mind. That's just my guess. I could be wrong. I'm often wrong. <laughs> I bet not about this one. I bet you're right. <laughs> okay. So let's get back to, it doesn't have to be your parents talking about retirement. It could be anybody really. I've heard stories like this over and over. Let's say your parents had had this conversation and your mom had told him, you know what? I like the fact that you like your boat, but honey, I, re- I have to have a garden. I have to be able to put my feet, my hands in the dirt. I want a dog. Living on a boat for three months or a year or however long it takes to do that loop just doesn't really 
work for me. So how do you resolve those issues? Like, do you have any ideas how you would have looking as an onlooker from the outside looking in, like say they had opposite goals for retirement. How do you deal with that? What do you do? I think it's a, the, you know, like every marriage, I think it's a little bit of give and take and it's that negotiation. And I think that's how they ended up spending half their time in the North Georgia mountains and half their time at the boat originally is just that, that honest and open two-way dialogue of you want X, Y, and Z, and I want A, B, and C. Can we each get a little bit of both? And are there some things that you're willing to not do or, you know what I mean? So I, I think that's where it has to start is that, that give and take, and is, are there certain elements of both that you can do and can incorporate? You might not get the 100% solution, everything that you want out of that if you're so far apart. But I think, you know, it's that give and take. Yeah, like I just thought of something while we were talking. Say your mom really never wanted to be on a boat. I, how long does it take to do the loop? A couple months? At least, yeah. Three months, four months, six months? I think three, four. Okay, so let's say it takes four months and your mom doesn't really want to do it. But there are different landing locations, right? So he would start at one place, go to another land, right, where he might stay a day or two. Mm -hmm. So they could have actually done something like, okay, honey, I don't really want to do this with you. You can get a sailing buddy to do this with you who, who has, shares your joy. But every time you have a stop, I'll come out and we can spend, you know, the weekend or the week together or whatever. Do you think that might've made it different? I ju I'm just pulling this out of the air. Yeah, no, knowing their personalities, I, I don't think that would work for them. I mean, it, it is, I mean, that's just an example of one of the compromises that they could have made. And that should have been on the table. I'm afraid, knowing both of them, that my mom wouldn't say anything or wouldn't totally acknowledge her displeasure and would just kind of be miserable and kind of go along to get along. And then, you know, these kind of things just build until it's too much to handle. And then I think that's how they ended up buying a, a house in the, in the North Georgia mountains that okay. it was just at one point is just too much to handle. So she wasn't frank with your stepfather, most likely. I mean, we don't know because we weren't there. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And they were married for 10 years before this happened? Yes. Okay. So really what I'm hearing over and over on the show is that communication, like what you're talking about, Hank is key and it has to go both ways. So whether that means enlist the help of some kind of coach or some kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say therapist, but somebody to help put on paper maybe what your plans are. Because when you retire, when you're getting ready to retire, things change. Now, your parents both worked for governmental agencies, but some of my listeners, they're executives or they have different types of jobs. And when they retire, depression can set in. And for listeners, that's my bird in the background. So while I'm talking, we probably won't be able to edit that out, but his name's Mr. Grant and he's a frequent guest on the show. <laughs> and he's actually behind soundproof glass, if you can believe that or not. But, um, but anyway, back to what we were talking about. I, I do think that people do need to communicate more about what their life goal is after retirement. 
it is important to have a plan. I love the fact that your stepfather did have a plan. It probably kept him going for a while, but unfortunately it didn't match your mom's. So it is, it is tragic. No, absolutely. I think, I think you hit the the nail on the head. I think we're also too firmly rooted into our plans. Um, how many years did they waste with the plan of going on that voyage around the great loop? You know, they waited 10 years to decide to just give it up. If they had realized at five years to just give it up, I, I just wish they could have had even half those years, those, that five years back. I'm afraid that too many people are firmly rooted into their dreams and don't realize when they just don't work out for both parties or the dream isn't as awesome as you thought it was when you finally get there. You make a very good point. And we're going to explore that more when we come back from this short break. So we're speaking with Hank Coleman and he is with moneyqna.com. And we're going to come right back after this break. Hi, this is Kathy. When I'm not hosting Rock Your Retirement, I'm helping people with their Medicare insurance. One of the times you need to check your Medicare insurance is when you've moved. To get my free guide, Five Things You Need to Know About Medicare When You Are Moving, just go to medicarequick.com slash move. And in the meantime, listen to these cool disclosures. Neither Medicare Quick nor its agents is connected with the federal Medicare program. Medical insurance licensed in the states of California, Florida, Nevada, and Texas, and Medicare Advantage and Prescription Drug Plan service areas vary. California Insurance License 0797566. Hi, I'm Colette Kent from ElementsHealingAndWellbeing.com, and you're listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. Welcome back to Rock Your Retirement. We're here with Hank Coleman and we're talking about what happens when you have a dream and it doesn't really fit with what your partner wants. How long do you wait? And how do you determine that? Because many times after you retire, you wind up getting divorced. I know it's pretty sad, especially if you've been married for a long time. And on this show, we want to help prevent that. So Hank's been telling us a personal story about his parents. They had a dream. It didn't materialize. They're still together, thank goodness. But we're sort of unpacking what could have happened. Of course, we're not mind readers. We don't know what happened in those discussions. But that's what we're talking about. So Hank, before the break, we were talking about what could they have done. And one of the things that you said was, not wait 10 years before you changed your dream. So dreams can change, right, Hank? I definitely think so. It's just so hard to change your dreams. I mean, on my site, I've got a hundred things to do before I die. You know, it's one of those bucket lists. I think a friend challenged me to write down a hundred things that I'd love to do with and without the family before I die. And for example, you know, one of the biggest things that my wife and I want to do, we're huge baseball fans. And so the very first month, very first week that we are retired, we want to go on a road trip. We want to hit all 30 professional major league baseball stadiums in a single season. And that is just something we were just itching to do. And as silly and as trivial as that is, you know, I, I would just kind of be crushed if we got to after decades of saving and decades of working and finally get the pension, get the gold watch and, and to go 
start out and then it just not be as awesome as we thought it was going to be. Or like I said, I have a little two-year-old. So five years from now, seven, is he, is he going to want to to travel the, the country watching baseball with us? Gosh, I hope so. Or, or he's going to spend a lot of time with grandma up in the North Georgia mountains. But we, I think we all do get you know, really rooted into our dreams and our bucket list and the things that we want to do and accomplish and go see during retirement. And I'm just worried that retirement in my head is so wonderful that the reality is going to be a little bit of a letdown. That's kind of what I don't want to happen to me. What I thought I kind of saw happen to my parents and what I really hope to impart to my my readers, your listeners, some couple tips, couple things to think about so we can all, all have the retirement of our dreams. So what would some of those tips be? So I think one of my favorite things to recommend is taking a mini retirement. I'm a government employee. I am blessed with a lot of perks that come with being a government employee. I have a lot of vacation days over a course of a year. We're allowed to pull them and take one long vacation or two long vacations during the year or pull them and you know roll them over to the next year and take a a super long vacation. So you know one of the things that I recommend is you know taking that mini retirement. I said that you know one of my dreams is to go to back to my hometown in Charleston, sit on the beach and you know write the great American novel or you know write a a personal finance nonfiction book. But I, I what I want to do is take three, four weeks of the vacation that I have saved up and I want to go sit on the beach or I want to go to Starbucks and actually see what it is to be a writer 24-7 for a solid month. What's a professional writer's life like? Maybe I'll hate it. Maybe after a month of going to Starbucks and sitting on the beach and sand getting in my keyboard, maybe I really hate that writer life. And and that's not what I want to do in retirement, but I'll never know unless I I try it out. So I think many retirements, just little retirements, a couple times. I knew a friend who really wanted to own his own bar. We all think about retirement is, you know, kick our feet up and not do much. And and some people are the exact opposite, you know, slave from at a nine to five to go maybe own your own business. And so my friend was the same way. He slaved at a nine to five and really wanted to open his own bar, but he had never worked at a bar. And so I was like, well, take some vacation for goodness sakes and go, go be a bartender at a bar. I mean, you might actually hate being a bar back and then working your way up to being a bartender. I was like, you'll never know unless you go out and you try a bunch of little things that you think retirement's going to be like. Did he do it? He, he did. And he hated it. <laughs> Ah, I'm so glad that you gave him that advice. You might have saved his his whole uh, his whole retirement. Yeah, at least a, at least a couple of years of his life, I guess. He owes me. He owes me a drink. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, any other tips for my listener? We talked about starting early, thinking about it early. You know, I know you you and your listeners don't want to talk about money, but knowing how much it is you need in retirement is a big deal. And, you know, over 40%, I think the latest studies, 40% say that they, Americans haven't looked at and calculated the number of exactly how much they need to save for retirement. So I, I know your, your listeners are, are getting close to that retirement age. And, and a lot of my readers are 
almost there, looking to retire early. So it's really imperative that you're actually calculating exactly how much that you need to save for retirement and then, you know, kick it into overdrive if you're if you're behind. So I think that's another tip that a lot of people are forgetting about. I mean, and obviously 40 percent of all Americans haven't actually done the math or gone to see a financial planner to talk about exactly how much they need to be saving to ensure that they can have that income replacement when they get to retirement. So I need to had to slip a little bit of uh, investment <laughs> money in there, but I promise no more. It's hard for me being a money guy not to talk money. I know it is hard, isn't it? Um, but there's plenty of shows that talk about money. So we we leave that to others to discuss. But you're right, it is important. One of the things that I do say, though, is that if people haven't saved, there are things that they can do. So it's you might not want to do those things, but there are things that you can do. One of those is you can move. Here in San Diego, it's quite expensive to live. So the people who haven't saved enough might want to consider moving to another state like Georgia or another state, I don't know all the states, cost of living, or even out of the country. There are many places outside of the country where you can live quite comfortably on $1,500, $2,000 a month. And a lot of times that's, you know, social security for, for newly retiring people. Or you can work longer. Yeah, you can also work longer. I joked that I was going to, you know, I'm retiring in five years, but I'm going to go work another job. It just happens to be something I'm super passionate about and writing full time. And just like my friend, you know, wanting to go own his own bar. There's, I guess, retirement, almost the the mentality or the thinking about retirement's changed in America. Instead of my father-in-law retired with a, a pension from the bank that he worked at. And he just, he sits at home and walks the dog and goes on hikes and is literally retired. But I, I think so many more of us are, are looking to do something else that just so happens will earn us a little bit of, of extra income in retirement. So I guess retirement's not retirement anymore. Yeah, it isn't. It, it really isn't. And we need a new word because the word kind of has a negative connotation for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people don't want to retire or if they do, they want to feel productive. That's why they need a new life plan, whether it's working like you plan to do or whether it's volunteering or whatever it is. We all need a reason to be here and a reason to be passionate about something. So for your stepdad, it could be, you know, being in the outdoors, going on those hikes. You're outside and you're communing with nature. So that could be his passion. But we all need to find our passion outside of work and we need to find friends outside of work because once we retire, those work friends are usually still working. And so it can become lonely. And so those are some of the things that we want to prevent. And so we, we want to help the listener out with this show. So thanks, Hank, for, for giving your point of view. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, my pleasure. Are there any other tips that you want to give before we say goodbye? I think that about covers it. Okay, great. So how would my listeners reach you if they want to get your financial wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a, a personal finance uh, blog. It's moneyqna.com. I bought the domain name and, and designed the site before I realized that you can't put an ampersand in your Google into the URL, the, the web address. So it's moneyq. And then and spelled out and then the letter A. So it's actually kind of like money quanda, 
with a Q. No, money quanda. Okay. A new word. Yeah. My wife and I were, were talking about running a contest of having readers of the blog trying to guess and figure out what an, a quanda actually is. And we're just going to create some random, like a squirrel, you know, it's just be a mascot. It'd be money quanda. Like it's like a superhero squirrel is what I'm envisioning. <laughs> But yeah, so so moneyqna.com. I'm on Twitter, you know, everything at moneyqna. That's the easiest way to find me. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate the opportunity to, I guess, tell my parents' story from, from my point of view, and, and hopefully they won't be too mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell. <laughs> there you go. I won't tell them either. So thanks for listening to this episode of Rock Your Retirement. You can join the conversation too by heading over to the show notes at rockyourretirement.com and leaving a comment. And please tell your friends and family about these episodes. You can help change someone's life. We'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Jackie Hashtag writes, The Villages Loves You. She writes, I live in the villages and much of what you discuss on your show is built in here. But especially if you don't live in a retirement community with over a 100,000 residents, you should listen to this show. Jackie, thanks so much. I appreciate the good words. Wasn't that fun? I'd love for you to leave a review too. And if you don't know how, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash review. And that'll take you to a free video tutorial that shows you how. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. 
Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support. And it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.